What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. And here we are, Stanley Cup Playoffs 2017. We are ready to give out the hardest to win trophy in sports after the greatest tournament in sports. It's the Stanley Cup Playoffs. The Stanley Cup will be awarded in just a few short weeks. And let's talk about these matchups because there's some exciting stuff to talk about. And just right off the bat, before you even talk about any matchups, five Canadian teams. Look, there were no Canadian teams in the playoffs last year. To go from none to five, that's fantastic. Not just that, but as I spoiled last night on Twitter, I think at least one Canadian team from the East and one Canadian team from the West is going to move on here to the second round. Look, if you've followed the channel for years, you know exactly what this is. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to go through every single matchup. We're going to talk about home-away records, scoring, things like that, X-Factors, and we're going to figure out who's going to win these series. We're going to start in the East, then we're going to go to the West. It's going to be two videos, one for the East, one for the West. If you're a SoundCloud, a loyal SoundCloud listener, and you're like, I demand my podcast, don't worry. This is going to be in a podcast version on SoundCloud as well, and on iTunes, of course. As soon as you put it on SoundCloud, boom, it's on iTunes. That's going to be available for you. But YouTube is always where these predictions have been at. It's always where they're going to be at. Without further ado, let's do this. Eastern Conference Round 1 2017 Stanley Cup Playoffs predictions. Here we go. Let's kick things off in the metropolitan bracket of the Eastern Conference first round matchups. That, of course, is a Met Division champion, Washington Capitals, taking on the number two wildcard team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. By the way, who said the Leafs were going to make it? This guy, Leafs made it. They, of course, now have the wonderful duty of having to play the Capitals. The Met 2 and Met 3 matchup sees Pittsburgh play host to Columbus. But let's start in Washington, Caps and Leafs. The Metropolitan Division champion, President's Trophy winning, Washington Capitals, 55 and 27 straight up wins and losses on the season, scoring an average of 3.21 goals per game, which is one of the highest averages in the league, and only giving up 2.22. I believe Braden Holtby just won the Jennings Trophy, so that tells you all you need to know about how difficult a team this Washington team is to play against. 55-27, and 3.21 goals per game, 2.22 goals against per game, taking on the wild card two, the Toronto Maple Leafs, this young, hungry Toronto Maple Leafs team. 40-42 and 42 on the season, straight up wins and losses. 3.06 goals per game, 2.95 goals against. And by the way, when I say that straight up wins and losses, a loss to me is a regulation loss, an overtime loss, a shootout loss. When you're in the playoffs, a loss is a loss. So that's the way we're going to treat these. It's not going to be this team was 55, 14, 7, and 4. It's going to be this team was 55 and 27. That's what the team was in terms of games they won and games they lost. You don't get pity points in the playoffs. You win or you lose. Fair enough? Let's keep going. 
Season series here was 2-1 in favor of the Washington Capitals. Washington outscoring Toronto in those games 12-10. Nicholas Backstrom led the way in scoring for the Capitals. 23 goals with 63 helpers for 86 points. Backstrom was the number four scorer in hockey this season. Austin Matthews, the rookie, leading the way for the Toronto Maple Leafs. As far as I'm concerned, making a great case to be the next captain of that team. 40 goals in his rookie season, unheard of in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs and virtually unheard of in terms of rookie scoring in general. To go with 29 assists for 69 points, nice. We'd be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about these series in terms of what's that? Situational gameplay, absolutely. So we're going to look at how Washington did at home versus how Toronto did on the road because those two teams are going to be playing each other. We're going to look at how Toronto did at home versus how Washington did on the road because those two teams are going to be playing each other. And that's the way we're going to go for each of these series. Washington this season at home, 32-9 and straight up wins and losses. The best home record of any playoff team in the first round this season. Toronto under 500 on the road, only 19 and 22. But it's also important to look at how have they done lately. It's not just a whole season picture, it's how they've done lately. So I thought I'd also look at the last 10 games within that same situation. Washington's last 10 home games, they're seven and three. They outscored opponents 21 to 15 in that 10 game span, not giving up many goals. Obviously that's only a goal and a half allowed per game. Toronto playing not too bad on the road lately, six and four in the last 10 road games, outscoring opponents 33 to 30. Toronto's road games get a little redonkulous. Let's flip the script there like we will in games three and four. Let's put this series in Toronto. Toronto at home versus Washington on the road. Toronto 21 and 20 at home. You'd like a little bit of a better home record for a playoff team, but they got plenty of pity points in there that got them in. 21 and 20 straight up in Toronto. Washington 23 and 18 this season on the road. In the last 10 games, the records are even. Toronto at home and Washington on the road, they were both six and four. Toronto outscoring opponents 28 to 26, Washington outscoring opponents just 34 to 33. Basically what this is gonna tell you is the games in Toronto are gonna be a lot higher scoring than the games in Washington. Important to look at key injuries for both teams heading into this playoff series. And when I talk about key injuries, I'm not talking about a guy that was injured in November and the team didn't have him all season. I'm talking about recent relevant injuries that may come into play in the series. On Washington's side, you're looking at John Carlson on the back end. He's nursing a lower body injury. You turn over to Toronto's side and the two big injuries are obvious. Nikita Zaitsev on the back end dealing with an upper body injury. And the big one, Freddie Anderson nursing a head injury after being run over by Tom Sestito. And then everybody's favorite part, the X-Factors. Let's look at the biggest X-Factor that I think the Washington Capitals possess, which is that they have the biggest home ice advantage in round one. The best home record of any playoff team taking on Toronto who's tied for the third worst road record of any playoff qualifying team. That's their biggest X factor. Washington needs to hold serve at home. It shouldn't be difficult with as huge an advantage at home that Washington has. The X factor for the Leafs, and this one was fun because maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I mean, look, let's, 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 let's just, let's talk you and me. 
Nobody expects Toronto to win this series, right? Pretty well everybody is going with Washington. Uh, spoilers, I'm going with Washington. But here's the thing about this Leafs team, and I'm going to quote one of the great geniuses that I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing in my lifetime. That genius is professional wrestling promoter Paul Heyman. You come on, you can see it right in my Twitter bio. I'm a wannabe Paul Heyman guy. The biggest X factor for the Toronto Maple Leafs is that they're too young to know any better. And what I mean by that is this, and I'm going to paraphrase a quote from the great Paul Heyman when I say this. Experience is the greatest inhibitor because you learn from experience what not to do. But it's the fearlessness to just go into something with reckless abandon that allows you to create something from nothing. But to me, that's a great strength because with that comes virtually no pressure. Look, this team is playing with house money. Fair enough to say that. This team is playing with virtually no expectations for this series. All the pressure and all the expectations are on Washington's side. There's none on Toronto's. And look, it's packed with rookies and second-year pros and incredibly talented players. These players, and I think Mike Babcock is smart enough to do this, these players need to just go out and play. Just I, That's what I would be saying to them in the room. Like, look... We're playing with house money. Nobody thought we were going to be here. Nobody at the beginning of the season expected that we were going to be here, but we're here. So we proved them wrong once already. Just go out there and just play hockey. You guys are ridiculously young, ridiculously talented. Look, you got a 40 goal scorer over here. You got a 30 goal scorer over here. Incredible chemistry in this room. You're all going to keep growing up together. This is an incredible experience. Just go out there and play hockey and have fun with it. Nobody expects you to do anything. So let's prove them wrong. Let's go out there and do something. If you start getting too deep in the X's and O's and the matchups, Washington is the dominant matchup against Toronto in virtually every facet of the game, especially if Freddie Anderson doesn't play the first game or the first couple of games. If Curtis McElhaney's in there, there's probably virtually no chance that you're going to win Unless you go in there and realize you have no pressure, you can relax, you can just play hockey. It's the guys on the other side that are gripping their sticks because everyone expects them to win. And that can be a great strength. As I spoiled for you a little bit earlier though, I do expect the Washington Capitals to win this series. My official prediction for Leafs and Caps, I'm going to go Capitals in five games. I think Washington wins those first two games on home ice. Matter of fact, I think Washington goes up 3-0 in this series, but game four in Toronto, I expect the Leafs to win that game, get a little respectability, go out there and say, hey, we punched the President's Trophy winning team in the mouth at least once. Washington comes back to Washington for game five. I just don't see any way that Toronto beats Washington in Washington. And if you can't do that, you're not going to win the series when you don't have home ice, certainly. But I think it's Caps in five. They're not going to sweep Toronto. I really don't think. I'm going to give Toronto respectability from this Habs fan. I'm going to give Toronto the respectability to say, hey, you're going to get a game off these guys. But my official prediction is Washington in five. And now to that Met 2 versus 3 matchup, Pittsburgh playing host to Columbus. Pittsburgh on the season, 50 and 32 straight up wins and losses, 3.43 goals scored per game, 2.85 goals allowed, 
bit high for, you know, a team with both Matt Murray and Marc-Andre Fleury, but in any case, 3.43 scored, 2.85 goals against. Columbus, 50 and 32 on the season as well. These two teams with identical win-loss records, 3.04 goals scored per game, 2.38 goals against. Season series between these two division rivals was tied at two games apiece. Columbus gets the edge in goal scoring in the series, 13 to 10. Top scorer for the Penguins, huge shock, Sidney Crosby, 44 goals, 45 assists for 89 points. Crosby was the number two scorer in hockey this season. Cam Atkinson leading the way for the Columbus Blue Jackets, 35 goals with 27 helpers for 62 points. But for a team that scores more than three goals per game, I think that speaks to the balanced scoring attack that Columbus has. This series is going to start in Pittsburgh, so let's look at Pittsburgh at home versus Columbus on the road. Pittsburgh at home this season, 31-10, second best home record of any playoff team this season. They were dynamite in Pittsburgh all season. Columbus 22-19 and 19 on the road, better than 500, which means they did their job. In the last 10 games, Pittsburgh at home, 7-3. They've outscored opponents 36-28, to 28, 7 of those 10 wins. Columbus on the road, under 500, not really getting it done lately. Four and six on the road in their last 10 games, being outscored 24 to 27. Put the series back in Columbus, the Blue Jackets 28 and 13 on home ice this season. That's a pretty good record. Pittsburgh under 500 on the road as well, 19 and 22. Not great. For a team that only lost 32 games on the season, 22 of them came on the road. And in the last 10 games, those records have mostly held true. Columbus in their last 10 home games, 7-3, and three, an equal mark to Pittsburgh, outscoring teams 28-18. to 18. Pittsburgh away from home, their last 10 road games, an even 5-5, five and 27-26, five, to 26, the scoring in those games in favor of Pittsburgh. Key injuries that could come into play this series, of course, the major injury for Pittsburgh, Chris Letang. He's out for the rest of the season with, I believe, a sprained neck. I know it's a neck injury. Evgeny Malkin also nursing a shoulder injury. We're pretty sure he's going to be able to go for game one, but the shoulder is something to watch out for. On Columbus's side, their great young defenseman, Zach Wierenski, also nursing a shoulder injury, could come into play in the series. Biggest X factor here that I see for the Pittsburgh Penguins, the goaltending is a must win for Pittsburgh in this series. Matt Murray, 100% must outplay Sergei Bobrovsky for Pittsburgh to win this series. This series is a lot closer than some people might think it is. This division, I mean, the Met division is just a murderer's row. Like, the Met division is just incredible. It's a much closer series than some people are looking at it as. The goaltending is a must-win. Matt Murray cannot be outplayed by Sergei Bobrovsky. If Matt Murray is outplayed by Sergei Bobrovsky, Pittsburgh cannot be afraid to go back to Marc-Andre Fleury. I know you don't want to shake this young goaltender, but you've still got an opportunity here. This is Pittsburgh's window. This is still this team's prime to win championships. If your young guy falters... You cannot be afraid. This is why you kept Marc-Andre Fleury. You cannot be afraid to go back to Marc-Andre Fleury if Murray falters. You can't be afraid to do that. He's on your roster for a reason. He's done it before at the international level, at the NHL level. He can do it. So the Penguins cannot be afraid to go back to him 
if Murray falters. Biggest X factor I see here for the Blue Jackets, I think for the first thing, they need to ride that balanced scoring attack. Again, for a team that scores 3.04 goals per game and their leading scorer only has 62 points, it's a balanced attack there for Columbus. They need to ride that. They need to be able to ride four lines deep to beat a team like Pittsburgh because it's exactly what they're going to get on the other end. Another big thing here, I think Columbus needs to figure out a way to steal a road game early in this series. Like if Columbus can go into Pittsburgh and win one of those first two games, that will be so huge because it puts all the pressure on Pittsburgh. And you, to really see if this team has the medal to win a back-to-back -back championship, you got to pressure them early. That's a huge, huge X factor for Columbus in this series is to attempt to get one of those early road wins, really put all the pressure back on Pittsburgh See what the Penguins have this year. In a matchup of two road teams that were either not very good in the regular season or not playing the greatest lately, you got to defer to a home team series. That's what I'm going to do here. So I like the Penguins. My official prediction for Pittsburgh versus Columbus is the Pittsburgh Penguins to win the series in seven games. And I think it's a home team series. Pittsburgh wins one and two. Columbus wins three and four. Pittsburgh wins five back in Pittsburgh. Columbus wins six back in Columbus. Comes back to Pittsburgh. Game seven. Matt Murray shines and the Penguins win the series. So there we go. That sets up a second round matchup of Washington versus Pittsburgh. The matchup we still all want to see. That's the way I think the Mets going to go. Let's head to the Atlantic now, of course, the division that is near and dear to my heart, and let's talk about this. The Atlantic Division champion, my Montreal Canadiens, they're going to be taking on the Wild Card 1 team, a team they are very familiar with in the playoffs, have a little bit of bad blood with, the New York Rangers. Montreal 47-35 and 35 on the season, 2.76 goals scored per game, 2.44 goals allowed per game, taking on the New York Rangers. 48 and 34 on the season, so one game better. 3.12 goals scored per game, 2.68 goals allowed. And remember, of course, the Rangers missed Henrik Lundqvist for a big chunk of the season. Season series between these two teams was dominated by my Montreal Canadiens. They won all three matchups against the Rangers this year, outscoring them 11 to 7. Max Pacioretty leading the way in scoring for Montreal, 35 goals, 32 helpers for 67 points. Matt Zuccarello leading the way for the Rangers, just 15 goals and 44 assists, 59 points as the leading scorer on the team. Same deal with Columbus, it speaks to a very balanced scoring attack for the New York Rangers. Montreal at home versus the Rangers on the road. Montreal at home 24 and 17 this season. Rangers 27 and 14 on the road. The Rangers were an incredible road team for the majority of this season. Take a look at the last 10 games. Montreal 6 and 4 on home ice, outscoring opponents 26 to 20. The Rangers kind of stumbling here at the end of the season, only 4 and 6 on the road with even scoring in those games 28-28. At home this season, the Rangers just 21 and 20, certainly nothing to write home about. At home, Montreal on the road, 23 and 18, definitely getting the job done on the season on the road. You take a look at the last 10, the Rangers had really, really, really bad stretch here at the end of the season in their home games, just 2 and 8 
in their last 10 home games to close the season, being outscored in those games 23-32. to Montreal, however, really caught fire on the road, which could be could spell big trouble here for the Rangers. Montreal 8-2, and two, so the inverse of that in their last 10 road games, outscoring opponents 27-20. to 20. Rangers playing basically injury-free right now. The only key injury, the one worth watching in this series, is Shea Weber for Montreal, who's been nursing a lower body injury for a while. That's something to watch out for. Biggest X factors here for Montreal in this series, I think there's two of them. Number one, they have to win the goaltending battle. These are two teams that are built very similarly, and they're both built on goaltending out. So Montreal needs to win the goaltending matchup here. Pretty easy to say that they could do that with Carey Price, but that is Henrik Lundqvist on the other side, and Lundqvist ain't no bitch. So Carey Price has to outplay Henrik Lundqvist in this series. But it's not just that. The other thing Montreal needs to do that I believe they need to do to win this series is the secondary scoring, the depth, has to play better than the Rangers' depth. I'm talking about guys like Paul Byron, Arturi Lakinen, Philip Deneau. These players need to outscore the Rangers' depth players in order for Montreal to comfortably win this series. If they don't do that, it, it can't just be about Pacioretty and Radulov and Galchenyuk. It can't just be about the high-end players. It's those depth players, the guys behind them in, in terms of who you would expect to score. Those are the players that really need to come alive for Montreal to win this series. One of the biggest X factors here that I see for the Rangers, I have to question their endurance because I, I have to ask if this Rangers team is out of gas. Again, they really stumbled down the stretch. They're just 8 and 11 since the end of February. So that's all their games in March and the couple of games they had at the beginning of April. They're only 8 and 11. That does not read as a playoff team to me. So I have to ask whether or not the Rangers simply don't have the endurance for this time of year. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out once the series starts. I talked again about the Rangers scoring balance, and that is very true. The Rangers ice nine players who score at least one goal or more in any given seven game span throughout the regular season. They may need nine different scorers to score in this series to pull off the upset here and to beat Montreal. They've got the scoring depth to do that. Those guys need to show up. But come on, let's be honest here. You weren't really expecting me to bet against my own team, were you? It doesn't just come down to being a homer. It comes down to how the teams are playing lately. I think this is Montreal's time. And look, as a Montreal fan, I haven't really commented much on the Shea Weber for P.K. Subban trade. Only a little bit on Twitter when it happened. I was really not happy with it when it first happened. Now, having seen the product on the ice, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better about it. But... It, it, that trade boils down to this. The only reason you trade P.K. Subban for Shea Weber is that you think Shea Weber gives you the best chance to win now. Montreal realizes they've got a very short window here with the best goaltender in the world under contract. It's two years. It's this year and it's next year. So the only reason that you make that trade is that you think Shea Weber gives you the best chance to win a cup now versus, you know, getting the rest of the career 
of P.K. Subban. And that shows you just how desperate this Montreal franchise is to bring the cup not only back to Canada, but back to Montreal and prove that, you know, we are the top franchise in hockey. That's the only reason that you make a trade like this is because you think Weber gives you the best chance to win now. So I got to put my trust in Mark Bergevin. I got to put my trust in the Montreal Canadiens. I believe the Montreal Canadiens, and this is my official prediction, will beat the New York Rangers, and I think they'll beat them in six games. I think these two teams split the first four games. New York takes home ice advantage away from Montreal in game two. Montreal takes that away from the Rangers in game four. So this is a 2-2 series heading back to Montreal for game five. I think Montreal wins that series, wins that game, sorry. And then it goes to game six in New York. I think Montreal pulls off the victory in New York in game six, wins the series, goes on to the second round. And the final Eastern Conference matchup to talk about before we move over to the West is that Atlantic two versus three matchup, Ottawa taking on Boston. Ottawa 44 and 38 on the season, 2.59 goals scored per game, 2.61 goals allowed per game. And what that means is that they allowed more goals than they scored. The Bruins an identical 44 and 38 on the season, 2.85 goals scored, 2.59 goals against. Season series here was dominated by the Ottawa Senators. They won all four games between these two teams, outscoring Boston in those games 11-6. Top scorer for Boston, Brad Marchand. What a season. 39 goals, 46 helpers, 85 points. He was the number six scorer in the NHL this season. Eric Carlson, of course, leading the way for the Senators. 17 goals, 54 helpers for 71 points. Let's take a look at these games in Ottawa. Ottawa at home versus Boston on the road. Two teams were very similar. Ottawa 22 and 19 at home this season. Would have expected or hoped for maybe a little bit better at home, but they got plenty of points in there. 22 and 19 at home. Boston 21 and 20 on the road. So these two teams very close. And in terms of how they're playing lately, the records are identical. Both Ottawa and Boston are six and four in their last 10 games. Ottawa at home. Boston on the road. Ottawa has outscored opponents at home 22 to 17 in that span. Boston has outscored opponents on the road 37 to 32. Boston's road games get a little crazy. Let's flip the script now. Let's put the series in Boston. Boston at home versus Ottawa on the road. Boston 23 and 18 in Boston this season. Ottawa on the road 22 and 19. They did their job 500 on the road. In the last 10 games, Boston also 6-4 at home, outscoring opponents 30-18. to 18. They really clamp down defensively when they're playing at home. Ottawa on the road, not so much in the last 10 games. Only 3-7 in that span, being outscored by their opponents 21-31. to 31. A couple of key injuries on the defensive side of the puck to worry about in this series, one for each team, and they're pretty high-profile defensemen. Starts right at the top there, Ottawa with Eric Carlson nursing a foot injury. We'll have to see if that comes into play in this series. On Boston's side, exact same injury. Tori Krug on Boston's defensive core also nursing a foot injury. Biggest X factor that I see here for the Senators, the defensive core has to step up and play their best hockey of the season in front of Craig Anderson. 
It cannot just be Eric Carlson. If it's just Eric Carlson, Ottawa's going to lose this series. Ottawa's got talented defensemen. They need to step up, play their best team defensive hockey of the season for Ottawa to pull off this win. Biggest X factor here for Boston, I think, is going to be psychological. Boston needs to take the regular season and just push it away. It has to be meaningless to them now. And sometimes that's a bigger psychological hurdle to get over than it might seem. The regular season has to be meaningless to the Bruins here. They lost all four games in Ottawa. If that was a playoff series, they would have been swept. But they need to put that behind them. It's a whole new series. Everybody is 0-0. Boston needs to treat it that way. The Bruins also need to win out at home. They need to hold serve at home here. Ottawa is beatable in Ottawa. Boston cannot lose a game in Boston. If they do, I don't see that they have a path to win this series. I said Ottawa is beatable in Ottawa. I believe that and I believe the Boston Bruins are going to win this series. My official prediction has the Boston Bruins defeating the Ottawa Senators in six games. I like Boston to come out game one of this series and punch Ottawa in the mouth. Boston wins game one. Ottawa brings it back, wins game two. They go to Boston. Boston wins three and four. That's how I think it's going to go. Come back to Ottawa for game five. Ottawa's going to win that game. Go back to Boston for game six. Boston's going to hold serve in the TD Garden. Boston wins the series, knocks out Ottawa for a second round date with the Montreal Canadiens. Who doesn't want to see Montreal and Boston renew their friendly acquaintance in the second round of these playoffs? I think everybody does. So let's see it. I like Montreal to beat the Rangers and I like Boston to upset, quote unquote. I guess it's an upset technically. I like Boston to beat Ottawa. There we go, folks. There's the Eastern Conference done for you. We'll go over the predictions here one more time. Met number one versus the wild card number two. Washington playing host to Toronto. I like the Capitals to win that series in five games. I like Toronto to only win game four on home ice in that series. Met two versus Met three. Pittsburgh playing host to Columbus. I like the Penguins to pull it out there with their experience and with their top end talent, but it's going to be a seven game series and the home team is going to win every game. Pittsburgh in seven. Montreal and the Rangers move into the Atlantic division now. Atlantic number one versus the number one wildcard team. I like Montreal to win that series in six games. It's 2-2 after four. Montreal wins five and Montreal wins six on the road in New York. Montreal wins that series in six. And in the Atlantic two versus three matchup, Ottawa playing host to Boston. I like the underdog Bruins to beat Ottawa in that series in six games. Boston wins game one in Ottawa. Home teams hold serve. Boston wins in game six at home to win that series. So in the second round, I like Washington, Pittsburgh, and I like Montreal, Boston. Now, let's get on to the Western Conference. For the YouTube audience, this is where this video is going to end, and then we're going to pick up the Western Conference as we go. For the podcast listeners, here we go with the West. For the benefit of the YouTube audience, I'll do my closing. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Come back in the next video where we're going to talk about the Western Conference. Here we go. I stopped to make myself a cup of tea. 
but now I'm ready to get going again. Western Conference, time to do this. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Let's talk about the NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, Western Conference, round one predictions. We'll start in the Central Division with that bracket. The Central Division champion, Chicago Blackhawks, taking on the wildcard two team, the Nashville Predators. This is one of the four first round playoff series that I correctly predicted in my original division winners and who's in who's out productions. Chicago on the season 50 and 32 they did it yet again 2.98 goals scored per game 2.60 goals allowed per game. Nashville an even 41 and 41 in terms of wins and losses and once again just a reminder for the YouTube audience when I say these records it's just wins and losses those are the only thing that counts in the playoffs there are no pity points in the playoffs just so we got that clear 41 and 41 2.93 goals scored per game 2.73 goals allowed. Season series here was dominated by the Blackhawks. They won four of the five games between the two teams, outscoring Nashville 20 to 13. Top scorer for the Blackhawks, what a shock here. It's Patrick Kane, 34 goals, 55 helpers for 89 points. Patrick Kane was the number three scoring player in the NHL this year. Victor Arvidsson having a breakout season, leading the way for the Predators, 31 goals with 30 helpers for 61 points. Let's go to Chicago here. Chicago at home versus Nashville on the road. Chicago 26 and 15. Chelsea Dagger played loudly and a whole bunch this season. 26 and 15 for Chicago at home. Nashville pretty bad on the road this season. 17 and 24 does not bode well for the Predators. In the last 10 games, these two teams essentially holding serve on those paces. Chicago 7-3 in their last 10 at home, outscoring opponents 30-21. Nashville only 4-6 on the road in their last 10, being outscored 24-26. Let's move to Nashville now. These teams actually with identical records in this situation. Nashville at home and Chicago on the road, both 24-17 on the season straight up. Last 10 games, Nashville equal to Chicago's record at home, that being seven and three. Nashville outscoring opponents in Nashville in the last 10, 36 to 24. Chicago equal to Nashville on the road, only four and six in their last 10 road games, being outscored 24 to 32. Key injuries heading into this series, a pair of players both dealing with lower body injuries, those being Artem Anisimov on Chicago's side and Mike Fisher on Nashville's. X-Factors. I think the biggest X-Factor here for Chicago really is to just not get wrapped up in their own hype. They've got all the experience in the world, all the top-end talent in the world from the goaltender on out. Now it's time to do it again. It's all on paper until you do it again on the ice in the playoffs. So I think a big thing here for Chicago is not to go into this with, you know, your chest puffed out, really like being expecting to win, really like almost feeling like you're entitled to win this series. That can be a problem with high-end teams and high-end players. It's all on paper until you do it on the ice. And I think that is going to be the, one of the biggest X factors for Chicago in this series. A couple of X factors here for the Predators. 
one number one, it starts in goal. Pekka Rene has had, you know, an up and down season. Pekka Rene must outplay Corey Crawford in order for Nashville to have a shot at winning this series. That's number one. And number two, you can kind of tell when we're talking about goals scored, goals against. Nashville at home has to turn these games into absolute run and gun, up and down the ice. If you're going to get into a shootout with Chicago, do it when you're not in Chicago. Nashville needs to make these games in Nashville count. They need to make them deadly fast up and down the ice using guys like Victor Arvidsson, using a guy like P.K. Subban who can really move the puck and is very quick. They need to turn this into run and gun games in Nashville. Chicago has shown they're susceptible to giving up a lot more goals on the road than they are at home. Nashville needs to take advantage of these home games that they do have. They got to turn them into, you know, kind of really exciting games to watch, but they almost got to make it sloppy. Their home games, they got to make them sloppy. They got to make them run and gun if they want to have a chance. Quite frankly, I just think it's going to be too much Blackhawks here. I think they've got too much top-end talent. They can roll too many really good, really deadly lines. I don't think Nashville is going to be able to keep up with them here. My official prediction for Chicago-Nashville, I like the Blackhawks to win the series in five games. I like Nashville. The only game they are going to win is game three, which is a game in Nashville. I think they do exactly what I said. They make it sloppy. They turn it into a run-and-gun game. I think they can beat Chicago in game three. Chicago's too good. I mean, they're going to adjust to that game plan. I think Chicago wins game four, and they come back on home ice and win it in game five. I like the Blackhawks in five games. Let's take a look at that other Central Division matchup, Central 2 versus 3. We got the Minnesota Wild playing host to the St. Louis Blues. Minnesota 49 and 33 straight up wins and losses this season. 3.24 goals per game, 2.54 goals against per game. St. Louis, a couple games worse, 46 and 36. Straight up wins and losses on the season, 2.87 goals scored per game, 2.66 goals against. Season series here was very tight. St. Louis held a slight edge 3-2 in the five matchups, but Minnesota did outscore St. Louis in those five games 14-10. No surprise here, Vladimir Tarasenko leading the way for the St. Louis Blues. 39 goals, 36 assists for 75 points. He was the number 10 scoring player in hockey this season. Michael Granlund leading the way for Minnesota. 26 goals, 43 assists for 69 points. Nice. Series is going to start in Minnesota, so let us start there as well. Minnesota at home versus St. Louis on the road. Minnesota 27-14 and 14 at home this season. Pretty darn good home record if you ask me. St. Louis did their job on the road 22-19. and 19. Last 10 games, Minnesota's only been playing average hockey on their own home ice. Only 5-5 five and five at home, outscoring opponents 31-26. to 26. St. Louis has absolutely caught fire on the road in their last 10 road games they have won eight of them they are eight and two in the last 10 outscoring opponents 31 to 16 st louis playing some deadly hockey on the road right now 
Moved the series to St. Louis. The Blues on home ice 24-17 and 17 this season versus Minnesota. They actually had an identical road record to St. Louis, 22-19 and 19 away from home. In the last 10, St. Louis doing what they need to do. 6-4 and four in their last 10 home games, outscoring opponents 29-23. to 23. Minnesota not really getting it done on the road to close out the season. Only 3-7 and seven in their last 10 road games to close the season, being outscored by opponents 26-34. to 34. We got a lower body injury we want to keep an eye on, one on each side in this series. For Minnesota, Jared Spurgeon on the defensive side, and for St. Louis, Paul Stastny up the middle. Both of those players nursing lower body injuries heading into the series. Biggest X factor that I see here from Minnesota, I need to see someone on Minnesota step up to the level of a Vladimir Tarasenko in terms of being that one player, that one dynamic scoring threat. We looked at Michael Granlund. I don't think it's him. Only 69 points on the season, only 26 goals. Tarasenko had 39. It's not that they need a player that's as good as Tarasenko because they don't have that. But what they do need is someone within the confines of this series to step up and be that clutch scorer, that Jeff Carter type. You know what I mean? When you badly need a goal, you go to that guy. And Minnesota doesn't necessarily have that player, but they need to find that player in the confines of this series in order to stay competitive with St. Louis. Biggest X factor here for the Blues, I think they need to keep doing what they're doing on the road. They need to stay hot on the road. Like I said, 8-2 and two in their last 10. They really turned it on at the end of the season. They have to stay hot at home, and they have to pressure the better home team. Minnesota's the better home team in this series, as we mentioned, 27-14. and 14. They got to pressure that team. They're not playing the greatest hockey in the world at home in the last 10. They need to put immediate pressure on that team get a game early in this series in minnesota put all the pressure on the wild if st louis can do that i really like their chances do i think the blues are going to do that actually i do and that's why i'm going to take the blues to win this series official prediction minnesota st louis i like the blues to come out and beat the wild in six games i like the blues to come out in game two of this series in minnesota pop the wild in the mouth take home ice away from Minnesota. I think they will do that. I think St. Louis goes back to St. Louis, holds serve at home for a 3-1 lead. Minnesota wins game five in Minnesota, comes back to St. Louis for game six, and that's where the Blues ice the series. I like St. Louis in six games to beat Minnesota. That, of course, will set up a second round matchup of Chicago playing host to St. Louis. I think that'll be a fun series. Now we go down to the Pacific side of this bracket, the Pacific Division champion Anaheim Ducks playing host to the top wildcard team, the Calgary Flames. Anaheim on the season, 46 and 36, straight up wins and losses, 2.72 goals scored per game, 2.44 goals allowed. We go look at Calgary, 45 and 37 on the season, so one game worse than Anaheim was, 2.76 goals scored per game, 2.70 goals allowed per game. What this means, two teams that are very comparable offensively, one team has the definite defensive edge, and that's Anaheim. Another spot where Anaheim had the definitive edge is in the season series. Anaheim won four of the five games against Calgary this season, but they only outscored them 17 to 14. That one Calgary win was a big blowout for the Flames, 
Anaheim, I don't know what Anaheim was doing there. It looks like they just, they just caught him sleeping, I guess. But they only outscored him 17-14, to 14, but they won four of the five games. Top scorer for Anaheim on the season, Ryan Getzlaff. Pretty damn good season for Getzlaff. 15 goals, 58 helpers for 73 points. Johnny Goudreau leading the way for the Flames. 18 goals, 43 helpers for 61 points. Series is going to start in Anaheim. That's where we're going to start as well. Anaheim at home versus Calgary on the road. Anaheim, a very good home team this season. 29-12 and 12 in the friendly confines. Calgary on the road, but a 500 team. They were 21-20. and 20. In the last 10, Anaheim has been on fire at home. Nine wins in the last 10 games at home. An incredible stretch. Outscoring opponents 35 to 18, almost doubling them up. Calgary 6-4 and four in their last 10 games on the road, doing their job, outscoring opponents 25-21. to 21. Flip it around now, we got an interesting look here. Anaheim not playing very well all season on the road. Calgary at home, 24-17 and 17 this season, doing their job at home. Anaheim, the inverse of that, 17-24 and 24 away from Anaheim. Huge part of that is basically it's tough on those West Coast teams to make like East, the East Coast trips and things like that. They're only 17-24 away from Anaheim. Last 10 games, Calgary doing their job on home ice. 7-3 and three in the last 10 home games. 36-25 to 25 the scoring in those games in favor of Calgary. Anaheim maybe kind of riding the ship a little bit towards the end of the season on the road. 5-5 five five in their last 10 games scoring an even 23-23 in those 10 games. A couple of key injuries to watch out for here on Anaheim's side of things. Calgary, basically a clean sheet in terms of significant current injuries. Uh, Patrick Eves for Anaheim dealing with an undisclosed injury right now. And Cam Fowler on the back end dealing with a bad knee. So a couple of injuries there on Anaheim's side. We'll have to see how those injuries play out, if at all, in this series. Biggest X factor here for Anaheim, I think, is to just not get swept up in the moment. Just keep doing what you're doing. Be very, be methodical about what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay the course. Keep doing what you're doing at home, playing some incredible home hockey right now, and keep kind of trending in the right direction here in terms of performances on the road. They started doing that in their last 10, 5-5, five and five, as we mentioned, scoring was even, not getting outscored, winning as much as they're losing. Keep that trend going, and they should be fine couple of big X factors here though for the Calgary Flames. Number one, they need to play their best defensive hockey away from home. Anaheim deadly as we mentioned at home lately. So when Calgary's in there, they need to play their best defensive hockey. Like we mentioned, Anaheim almost doubling up their opponents in the last 10 games in terms of scoring. Cal they need to keep that under wraps. They need to keep Anaheim down to that like two goals a game. If they get up into three, you're starting to, eh, starting to get troublesome because they're not giving up very many. So they need to play their best defensive hockey in the games in Anaheim. And the other one, you know what? Johnny Goudreau. I'm a big fan of Johnny Goudreau, but I feel like this is his time. If there's one player on Calgary, I think it's Johnny Goudreau's time. Johnny Goudreau needs to step up and prove he deserves the nickname Johnny Hockey. Quite frankly, let's see you do it in the playoffs. Let's see you do it in round one. Prove to me that you deserve 
the nickname of Johnny Hockey. It's Goudreau's time. Let's see it. I think this series is going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to go the distance. At the end of the day, I like the Ducks. Official prediction for Anaheim Calgary. I like the Anaheim Ducks to beat the Calgary Flames in seven games, full seven game series. I think it's going to Anaheim. But I think both of these teams take home ice advantage away from each other in the first four games. I like Calgary to win game two in Anaheim. I like Anaheim to come back in game three in Calgary and win that game. Series is going to be 2-2 after four, and then it's going to be a home team series from there on out. Anaheim wins five, Calgary wins six, forcing game seven, but Anaheim in game seven gets it done. I like the Ducks to beat the Flames and move on in the Pacific bracket. And we ended off here with the final Pacific matchup, Pacific two versus three, the Edmonton Oilers playing host to the San Jose Sharks. Edmonton 47 and 35 on the season, 3.01 goals per game, 2.59 goals allowed per game. San Jose 46 and 36, so one game worse than was Edmonton on the season. 2.7 goals scored per game, 2.45 goals allowed. Season series here was won by the Oilers 3-2 in the five matchups. Oilers outscoring the Sharks 16-13 in those games. Top scorer for Edmonton, what a shock. The guy that was the top scorer in the league this season, the only guy to hit triple digits this season, that is Connor McFranchise. Connor McDavid, 30 goal season for Connor McDavid, 70 assists, exactly 100 points, number one scorer in the NHL on the season. Brent Burns leading the way for the San Jose Sharks on the back end, 29 goals, 47 assists for 76 points. He was the number nine scorer in hockey this season. This is the only matchup in the playoffs that features a battle of two top 10 scorers this season. McDavid versus Burns. Series is going to start in Edmonton. Let's go to Edmonton. Oilers at home versus Sharks on the road. Edmonton 25 and 16 in Edmonton this season. Pretty good record. San Jose just barely under 500 at 20 and 21. But boy, when you look at the last 10, these are two teams going in exactly opposite directions. Edmonton matching Anaheim's 9-1 record in the last 10 games in the friendly confines. Edmonton doubling up their opponents, better than doubling up their opponents, scoring 36-17 to 17 in favor of the Oilers. You look at San Jose, they're only 3-7 in the last 10 road games. Not very good for these Sharks, being outscored 20-32. to 32. Move the series here to San Jose. San Jose at home versus Edmonton on the road. San Jose just a little bit better as the whole season progressed at home. Uh, 26 and 15 at home for San Jose versus Edmonton, who was only 25 and 16. Edmonton 22 and 19 on the road this season. Won as much as they lost. A couple games more did their job. In the last 10 games, these are two pretty comparable teams, although San Jose does have a little bit of an edge. San Jose 6-4 and four in their last 10 games at home, outscoring opponents 29-23. to 23. Edmonton on the road, 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games, doing their job, outscoring opponents just by a single goal, 33-32. to 32. 
Couple of key injuries to pay attention to on the San Jose side. Logan Couture, of course, with that upper body, head, mouth, something like that. I think, it's, I think it was a mouth injury. And you got Joe Thornton, who's also nursing an injured knee. That's a couple of significant potential injuries that could impact this series for the Sharks. Biggest X factor that I see here for the Oilers, it begins and ends with the franchise player. Connor McDavid must be the best player on either team. He needs to go out there and lead by example. It's almost unfair, actually, sorry, scratch that, it is unfair to ask, you know, a second-year pro to go out there and be the guy. Be the guy who's the best player. Be that Sidney Crosby player. The player that's the best player on either team and goes out there and leads by example. That's what Connor McDavid's got to do. The Oilers are back in the playoffs. There are expectations now, and this Oilers team all season's been living up to them. Connor McDavid needs to continue that in the playoffs. Be the best player on either team. Ditto for Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot going in here needs to basically prove that it wasn't a fluke this season. Anybody can have one good season. Prove that it's not a fluke on the biggest stage in the playoffs. I think is going to be the two big storylines that's going to determine Edmonton's success in these playoffs. Biggest X factor here that I can see for the San Jose Sharks, obviously it's going to be those injuries, but San Jose's got the experience. They were in the Stanley Cup final last year. They need to draw on that experience from last year and the urgency of their closing window. You're looking at, again, the older players on this team. San Jose's window keeps getting smaller they need to focus and on the urgency of that. They need to urgently move towards a cup. They were so close last year. And is this the year that they go over the top? They got probably the one of the worst matchups in the Western Conference in the first round to try to overcome. But they need to focus on that urgency, turn it into positive energy, positive results on the ice. They need to draw their draw on their experience, sorry. Focus on the closing window to overcome those injuries and overcome the expectations of being the team that won the Western Conference last year, represented the West in the Stanley Cup Final. They have expectations to basically get back there, maybe even take the next step. So they need to overcome the injuries, overcome those expectations. Whether they can do that or not will determine whether they go far in these playoffs or even whether they beat Edmonton. I got to tell you, neither one of these teams really impressed me in terms of how they've played on the road, either in the whole this season or, you know, in the last 10 games or so. Again, San Jose has just been playing awful on the road. I don't think San Jose is going to get that figured out, quite frankly. And I think the injuries and the older players, I think they are going to play a role in this series. I like these young Oilers, man. Official prediction, Edmonton, San Jose... I like the Oilers to come up with, even though they're the number two seed, I would still have to consider this an upset because, again, nobody really expected, I don't think, the Oilers to be here. Certainly not as a division-seeded team. Maybe a wild card, but certainly not as a division seed. I like the Oilers to come in here and beat the San Jose Sharks, but I think the series is going to go the full seven. As a matter of fact, I think this is a home team series. I think the home team wins every game this series. I have no faith in either of these teams on the road, quite frankly. So I think it's a home team series. The home team wins every game. It goes to game seven in Edmonton, sold out in Edmonton, place going crazy, reminiscent of when they made that miracle run. 
And I think the Oilers do it. I think they get to the second round. A second round matchup with Anaheim awaits. Incredible matchup there. I think the Oilers get it done. I like Edmonton to beat San Jose. There we go, folks. There's your predictions in the West. That wasn't so hard, was it? We'll go over the predictions here one more time. Chicago, Nashville. I like the Blackhawks to win that series in five games. Nashville only taking game three off of the Blackhawks in Nashville. Central two versus Central three. Minnesota taking on St. Louis. I like the Blues in six games. I like the Blues to win game two in Minnesota. Really turn the tide of this series. St. Louis wins it on home ice in game six. I like the Anaheim Ducks to beat the Calgary Flames in seven games. I think it's 2-2 after the first two, first four games, sorry. And then it becomes a home team series after that. Anaheim wins the series in game seven on home ice. Basically, same deal with Edmonton and San Jose. I like the Oilers to beat San Jose. Home team series the whole way. Edmonton wins it in game seven on home ice. That would set up second round matchups of Chicago playing host to St. Louis and Anaheim playing host to the Edmonton Oilers. What a second round that would be. All right, folks, that is going to do it for the round one predictions for the 2017 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. What do you think of the predictions? What are your predictions? Hit me up with your predictions in the comments section below on both videos on YouTube. Hit me up on SoundCloud. Hit me up reviews on iTunes, all that good stuff. I love doing this. And one of the ways that I know, even after, you know, five years or so, that I still love doing this, I still get butterflies before I record uh, the episodes. So I know that this is something that I still love to do. I think you guys still love watching it. The feedback that I get every year and, you know, months ahead of time is like, you're going to do your playoff predictions again this year? Of course I'm going to do the playoff predictions. What are you, nuts? I love doing this. I love getting on here talking hockey and football and just sports in general with you guys. Thank you very much for watching. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Thank you to the SoundCloud and iTunes audience. It was a, a big jump for me this year, and it's really paid off, and it's worked out. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it so much. That's it for me. Enjoy the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Toronto's there. Edmonton's there. Calgary's there. Ottawa's there. Montreal's there. It's great for Canadian hockey. Five Canadian franchises making that extra money. Playoff teams. It's important for Canadian teams to make the playoffs. The Canadian franchises financially need to make the playoffs. So it's great that five of them are in there. I think some Canadian teams are going to find success in these playoffs. What are your predictions? Hit me up below. Thank you so much. Enjoy the first round, and we'll see you again for round two.